Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Sorry I put you through that. I just really wanted you to know that God's steadfast love endures forever. I hope everyone uh, is awake this morning because we got a lot to get through, 26 verses real quick, uh, and I'll get you guys to lunch after that. Now, we're going through Psalm 136. Could you guys put the PowerPoint up? There we go. Thank you. We're going through Psalm 136. Now, before we begin, I'd like to open with a word of prayer. God, I just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather together to hear from your word to rejoice and praise you. I pray that we would not take your word for granted, but that we would uh, seek to live it out and glorify your name in all that we do. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, I've noticed recently that grocery prices have gone way up. Most of you Emmaus students probably just get food from the Emmaus kitchen, so you haven't really noticed that. But it's a lot more expensive, even uh, than it was a year ago, to buy a week's worth of groceries. And I'd like to start complaining about it, but I remembered a story I heard from a missionary from Haiti. Now, Haiti has one of the the highest hunger rates in the world. It's about fourth place for hunger in the world. More than 4.4 million people in Haiti are in need of immediate food assistance. 1.2 million Haitians uh, are in severe hunger situations. And then almost all of that 1.2 million, 1 million of them, are on the brink of death because of starvation. I remember one story that the the missionary told me right after the earthquake in 2010. This family had been saving up for months to buy a can of Spam. They'd been saving up for months to have this food. Now, I went to Walmart earlier this week, and I bought it for $3. That's not a lot of money. But they'd been saving up for months because of the the poverty situation that they were in just to be able to afford that. And it was for their Thanksgiving dinner. Now, most Americans probably don't even consider spam for their plate uh, on Thanksgiving meal, let alone any meal. But this family was grateful to God that they had been able to get just that single can of spam for their Thanksgiving meal, and that they were able to share that with each other. It reminds me that I really shouldn't be complaining about the expenses of groceries right now. Today's psalm reminds us to be grateful for all that God has given us, not just when it comes to food above and beyond spam, but in all that he's done for us. And we see that in God's love for Israel, his steadfast love for Israel. And as we just read through Psalm 136, I'm sure you guys noticed that this psalm is very, 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 very repetitive. It says the same thing, the same six words, 26 times. And based off of that, you would think that the main point of the passage is, is his steadfast love endures forever. Sorry, I'm bad at the clicker, so it keeps switching back and forth. But 
It's not that his steadfast love endures forever. The main point of the psalm and the main thing that the psalm is trying to stress with us is that God, God's steadfast love endures forever and therefore we should give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord because his steadfast love endures forever. So as we get into this psalm, remember this. This is the main point. Give thanks to the Lord. And so Psalm one, uh, Psalm 136 verses 1 to 3 opens with a call to give thanks to God. Give thanks to the God of heaven is the ending, and the beginning is give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. He's calling us repeatedly to give thanks, and we see it over and over again, even if it doesn't say the word give thanks. It says, to him, to him, to him. Verses 8, 9, 10, and then 13, 16, 17, 18. All these verses, it says, to him. So we're called over and over again to give thanks to God because his steadfast love endures forever. And as we go through this psalm, we'll see four reasons that we should be giving thanks to God. First of all, we should give thanks to God because he creates. Because he creates. In verses 4 to 9, we see that we are called to give thanks to God in his creation. Give thanks to him who alone does great wonders. To him who by understanding made the heavens. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. The sun to rule over the day and the moon and the stars to rule over the night. It is God alone who performs great wonders. He made the ground that we stand on. He made the sky that we see, the beautiful stars, the sun and the moon. All of that is his creation alone and no one else's. And we get to enjoy that creation. We get to be a part of that. We get to see the sunsets and the sunrises. We get to enjoy the fruit from the trees and the food. God's creation is a reason to give thanks. But not just God's creation. Beyond that, in verses 10 to 15, we see that we are called to give thanks to God because he delivers. Because he delivers. Give thanks to our deliverer. We see in these verses, 10 to 15, God delivers Israel from out of Egypt. He delivers Israel from slavery. It's interesting to point out that in opening his section on delivering Israel, he starts with uh, striking down the firstborn of Egypt. And that he's stressing throughout the psalm God's steadfast love, but we see here not just God's steadfast love, but in verse 10, God's judgment. And that in the midst of his love, his steadfast love for Israel, he is willing to, to overthrow and justly judge Israel's enemies. He's willing to overthrow and, and, and judge those who are against God and his people. So even in his judgment, God demonstrates his love towards his people, towards those who are his. Verses 11 and 12 say that God delivered Israel from Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. 
This is kind of a, a way of saying that God put forth a great show of power in order to deliver Israel from slavery. That he put forth a great effort to free them from their enemies, from their overlords. We see this in the ten plagues, especially the last one where Egypt's firstborn are judged. We see this in God splitting the Red Sea and letting Israel walk through. He guides Israel through a, a place where there was no path. He made a path for them. But then we see in verse 15 that the path he had made for Israel, he closes over Pharaoh and his host. God demonstrates his steadfast love for those who are his people in the midst of judging his enemies. God delivered his people from the hands of their enemies, and he shows his steadfast love for Israel. And even that great display of God's power, his, his splitting of the Red Sea, the ten plagues, all of that is nothing compared to the greatest display of God's power we've ever seen. Christ's death and resurrection is the most amazing thing that God has ever done. He delivered those who were completely unworthy, dead in their trespasses and sins. He delivered them from slavery to sin. That includes us. He delivered us from that and brought us to a point where we are children of God. He justified us by faith. And so we see Israel might have been freed from slavery to their overlords, but we have been freed from slavery to the ultimate destruction, sin. We've been freed from that and brought to life in Christ. Give thanks to our deliverer. His steadfast love endures forever. Not only should we give thanks to, to God because he creates and because he delivers, but also should we give thanks to God because he provides. In verses 16 to 25, we see God's provision. We see him providing for Israel. After he had delivered them from the hand of Egypt, he guides them through the wilderness he provided a way. James 1.17 says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God provided the good gifts that Israel received, not just in the wilderness, the manna from heaven, but everything that they received was God's gift. He provided for them. In the wilderness, we see that. And then after the wilderness, in, in verses 17 to, to 17 to 20, we see God providing for Israel by giving them a land, by overthrowing kings. 17 to 20 says that God struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. God defeated the kings the enemies of Israel. We see in Isaiah 40, 15, you don't need to turn there, I'm just going to read it real quick. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. It was God who overthrew the kings that Israel had to face. But without God, we see in Joshua 7 that Israel couldn't even defeat the small nation of Ai. 
Because of their sin, they couldn't, they couldn't even fight against this tiny little nation. But when God is on their side, when he provides for them, nothing can stand in their way because they, the nations are like dust before him. Nothing. And having defeated the, the kings of Palestine, God gives the land of Israel as a heritage to his servant Israel, verses 21 and 22. But not only has God provided uh, a way in the wilderness for Israel and deliverance, or, uh, deliverance before that and then provided a land for Israel, he also remembers and rescues Israel. He provides a way for Israel to be saved, provision for them when they are low. Verses 23 and 24 say, It is he who remembered us in our low estate and rescued us from our foes. God remembered Israel every time they were brought low. Whether that was in the times of the judges when enemy nations would harass them and attack them, God would provide a judge to, to rescue them from that situation. Or after that, God provided a king to watch over Israel. And even when they were exiled from Israel because of their sin, God provided a way back to the homeland, to the promised land for them. And God's not done watching over Israel. He's not done with them. We see in Romans eleven twenty six that even now God has a promise for Israel. In this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. God continues to remember and rescue Israel even now. And he has promised that he will ultimately remember and rescue them. But that doesn't just apply to Israel. God also now has remembered us when we were dead in our sins, and he has rescued us from our plight. God has delivered and provided for us a way of salvation. So give thanks to the Lord because he provides. And lastly, we see that we should give thanks to the Lord because his steadfast love endures forever. In the midst of all of these reasons, in the midst of God creating this world for us, the universe, in the midst of God delivering us, in the midst of God providing for us, is this, God's steadfast love endures forever. We are reminded over and over again that God loves us. And I don't think we'll ever be able to fully understand that no matter how much closer we grow to God, the more, the, more, the more we learn about his love for us, we'll still constantly be mining out gold of his love. We'll still be learning more and more about his love. And I think that the hymn uh, from Frederick uh, Lehman, The Love of God, demonstrates this perfectly. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. And then the hymn continues, Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every, every one a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole 
though stretched from sky to sky. God's love is amazing, and we'll never fully understand it, no matter how much closer we grow to him. And that's a beautiful thing to think about. So give thanks to the Lord, because his steadfast love endures forever. The psalm ends in verse 26 with another call to give thanks to the God of heaven. And the way that it began with a Three calls to give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the God of gods, give thanks to the King of kings. And again, in the end of the psalm, calls us to give thanks to the God of heaven. We are reminded throughout this whole thing of all that God has done, not just for Israel, his people, but also for his bride, the church. And before you think that Uh, Whatever you're going through in life, whether that's anxiety or depression or you just lost a family member or you're really stressed out, because I know February is a bad month, right, Brooks? Uh, Whatever you're going through, don't think that there isn't a reason to give thanks to God. Israel, in all of these things, in, in the midst of God providing and delivering Israel, they went through trials they lost family members. They, they, they wandered in the wilderness. And that might have been because of their sin. They still face trials. And I'm not saying that what you go through right now is because of your specific sin. Although it is because of the fact that we live in a fallen world. A world full of sin. It doesn't mean we don't have reason to give thanks to God. Especially when we think about the fact that this life is just, just a blink compared to the eternity that awaits us. Paul, all throughout his epistles, reminds us to to take joy in what is before us. This is just a temporary life. So no matter what you're going through right now, remember that eternity awaits us with God. Nothing that we face in this life will ever be worth not giving thanks to God because we know that we will spend our entire existence in fellowship with the creator of this universe. So give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And I'd just like to end with this little video. Uh, they're going to open it. and yeah. I have something for you. What is it? I get to open it. Something very special. Pull on this right here. Pull this one, yeah. (gasps) Thank you, Mama. What are you going to do with it? I am going to play with it. that little girl is grateful for a paper clip that she really doesn't have a use for, how how much more do we have to be thankful to God for? He's provided for us. He's delivered us. He's created the world for us. So I'd just like to, to leave you guys with that thought. 
Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.